0: Welcome back to Lesson Popular. This is a podcast where we talk about small bands and the music they make. Uh, I'm Cooper. I'm Amber. And this week we're talking about Perfectly Temporary by Live Well. But first, Amber, what's up? What have you been listening to this week?
1: I actually have been listening to Virtual Bird quite a bit this week. Yeah. Um, I listened to, yeah, I don't know. This week has just been a very virtual birdy week with everything that's going on. And I, you know, I never actually kind of sat down and did like a besides for the, for the podcast, mm-hmm. did a kind of like active listening to the album, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, and yeah, I was listening to music therapy sessions, which we, we covered, um, but it, it just rang so much differently to me in that moment. And I just have kind of been hooked.
0: Yeah. She so also she, released that's my kick. She also released new music this week, which is something I've been. Yeah,
1: into. She did.
0: Um, but, I, I
1: love her. She's great. Yeah,
0: she's really good. Uh just a homie. But this week we're gonna talk about I already said it. Not that. We're yeah, we're yeah, talking about we're perfectly talking temporary. This is an album. this is an older album. <laughs> this came out in September of twenty nineteen. Um but they also just released two new singles. Um call on like a
1: And a music video.
0: And a music video. We will talk about that more later. Uh so yep. we just decided to do their, their debut album. Um so let's just let's just jump into it. Number one, first song is regret. Um, this is the song that initially caught our attention when we were like looking for new episodes to do. Um, we kind of skim albums cause we had to look through a lot of them. Um, and this one uh, being the first song caught our attention cause it's, it's right there. Um, and it's really interesting. It it starts out really echoey and co- echoey, echoey, and contemplative, contemplative. <laughs> I did it again,
1: contemplative. Yeah.
0: Um. But around one minute in, it transitions t- into like a louder and faster, like more emo sound that that will be, um, something that you'll get used to on this album. Um, and it establishes something that you'll start to notice. This sort of it feels a little bit like a roller coaster of energies that this album takes you on. Mm -hmm. that i think is pretty creative but i'll I'll talk about that more later once we've talked about the rest of them uh what are your thoughts on number one
1: i mean yeah i i agree that this one kind of like did hold a mirror to the album as a whole in terms of the like you said like roller coaster of emotions because it starts off like pretty slow and Mm melancholic, and it picks up and like you said you said emo i would describe it a little bit more pop punky um Honestly, my notes say that it picks up with some pop-punk goodness, which coming from me is of very (laughs) um, high esteem, because I think that pop-punk is kind of hard to do well. Um, As someone who... Is pretty critical of pop punk it's not my favorite genre but it's also not my least favorite genre either um i thought that they did a really good job um especially in this song which i think we both agree is our favorite
0: uh i changed I, my I, mind like right before recording i changed my mind and i'll talk about it later because there's just another song that hit me real different um but okay. s- we're gonna have to move a little bit faster than we did on the last one because this album does have 12 songs on it um we're gonna move on to number two beach time uh I am a sucker for good syncopation. I really like the guitar syncopation at the beginning and in the verses. Uh, it makes it feel really upbeat and energetic without actually changing the tempo too too much. Mm-hmm. And in the last chorus of the song, the echo harmonization of the vocals adds a really good touch of flavor. And this is the first feeling I get of of like kind of bringing me back to the 2010s, which I think is what you're picking up as, as pop punk is reminding me a lot of yeah. like musical styles that were common in the 2010s. And and I'll, I'll discuss that a little bit more as the album goes on.
1: I thought that the the vocal melody in this one was pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I really like, especially in like the first minute before the gang vocals kick in, I really, really liked the trip that it was taking me on. And then the gang vocals do come in and they talk about, you know, staying together. Like that's what the lyrics are about. And I think that it's pretty cool and thematic to kind of, tie um that together with the fact that it is gang vocals. And um this is I think the first instance of gang vocals on the album. That also is a very common theme that we'll see later. Yeah. Um which I think is also pretty characteristic of um certain branches of pop punk. People really like Uh, gang vocals. I
0: I was also into pop punk in high school and I don't know if I agree, but that's not I don't want to argue about that. It's not important. I I don't know.
1: Okay, I mean it's a maybe not pop punk, but yeah. maybe certain things that I have listened to maybe more like emo punk is more into it. Yeah. Uh, I, I
0: yeah. definitely, I definitely associate gang vocals with emo for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I you know, I take it back. Okay,
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's just move on to bed, which is the third song. This song in com- combination with the last song really cemented my impression that their sound is influenced by like 2000 tops to what 2010s uh pop punk and emo and and punk genres like the dense reverby chords and especially the on beat drum rhythms are are the main things that uh that bring that sort of history and energy back to mind this one was really short which i didn't expect i was listening to it and making notes and then it was over and i was like oh okay
1: yeah, I, I was, I was a little surprised when the next song started. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, like, this is fine. But like, I, I just wasn't, I don't really have anything else to say about this one. I mean, it's and like, be okay if yeah, too drunk.
0: um, the song is really cute. I really like, I really like it when s- albums like this in, especially in this genre. By the way, I'm sorry if my S's and plosives are really bad. I don't have my normal setup as we've all established. I, I have a much better way of filtering that, um, but it's good for us an album like this to have like a nostalgic, kind of goofy song. It's not like it's not like a funny song, but just sort of the the like I feel like teen energy in this song. and I, I don't think yeah. they're teens, but yeah. it has teen energy to me.
1: I think that like it, it it's playing into a kind of stereotypical like pop punkish motif of, you know, like drunk pop punk dude at a party yeah. like and that's fine i think that's what you mean kind of by like a song that's not really trying too hard to be introspective or whatever and i also think that that's literally fine <laughs> yeah but um that's that's pretty much what i had to say you kind of took it out of my mouth <sighs> i'm
0: sorry so. we've been doing this together too long
1: <laughs> i know our brains are just so the yeah, same
0: wavelength um five coked out i really like the rhythm guitar bass okay Um, we're gonna have to talk about this. We'll talk about it more later. I, I I have difficulty distinguishing whether the, the bass line, which doesn't necessarily have to be played by a bass guitar, is in fact a bass guitar or a rhythm guitar. If it is a bass guitar, they're using, like, certain distortion and definitely a pick, maybe a hard pick, which I, I don't know, that makes it (laughs) kind of sound like a rhythm guitar. It's really hard for us to tell. We, we discussed this a lot before the episode, and we'll probably talk about it more. Yeah. I think that lyrically this song is really similar to drunk uh the last song in terms of like the emotions and feelings that it evokes and and also the the themes of the song
1: i would agree i see honestly like the entire time i was listening to this i was kind of like wow i can hear this being played at like warp tour and the crowd going <laughs> along too um because it is about kind of an experience that a lot of people have you know this and drunk both just like being intoxicated at a party whatever yeah um but this one in particular is more it's more angry and i literally could just imagine swarms of kids with like checkered (laughs) checkered belts on like
0: (laughs) their wallet chains
1: and their wallet chains just yelling like angry like yeah i i (laughs) that moment especially like because um this also had gang vocals that kind of um emphasize the collective anger of this song yeah i think was very very neat i
0: I think like catharsis is a pretty common theme in this album and and also it's kind of opposite i don't know there's like this dichotomy between catharsis and like um contemplation which i think is is pretty well done Mm -hmm. uh number six is a song called lying this is um what I was talking about a little bit with the roller coaster this this is the fr- earliest divergence in sound, I think to the rest of the song. like the first five kind of have a similar sound and energy. um, but this one is in a sort of like ballady rock style. It's in three four other than talking about how how it starts a change in this album i don't I don't have that much else to say about it.
1: The most thing that I had to say about it was that the title. Flying is pretty fitting because you know the song is hitting a low in the album and it kind of just feels like you're laying in bed staring at the ceiling so i think that was very fitting and pretty pretty neat but yeah next
0: next is broad street this continues the sort of changes this one's in in six eight which is it's a little more upbeat i feel like it's worth mentioning the time signatures because especially in like emo punk punk stuff uh bands get really attached to four four because that's just what we're used to hearing, and so it's the easiest, really, mm-hmm. to write in. But um, we al- we always appreciate a little bit of change in that. I really like the vocal solely at the beginning. I think it it uh, like really shows off the tone of their voices and, and like how it fits into this band really well. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think?
1: I don't I don't have much to say. You kind of covered okay. it. Okay, I'm down to move
0: This one <laughs> merges into seeds. This is also something you'll see a couple times in this album. I we just love merges, honestly. It's <laughs> just like good transitions. Mm-hmm this starts to bring me, I don't want to be too critical, but the it's, this album has an interesting theme that we keep talking about of like up and downs of emotions, but from like three to eight, I feel like that stagnates just a little bit. I feel like a little bit more diversity in the middle of the, the chunk of the album would have been, would have done this album wonders. It's, it starts to feel a little bit long around here. Uh, and that it changes close to the end. Some of my favorite parts of this album are at the end that I'll talk about. Um, but I, I really think that some more diversity could have been between like five and eight, especially where the album sort of feels like it it kind of grinds a little bit. Um, I don't know the names of electric guitar techniques. Um, I really should at this point. I just don't play electric guitar, but I really like the the reverby, echoey part that goes like you know.
1: I want to agree that like it does stagnate a little bit and I think you put it really well when you said that the album starts getting long here because it's only half an hour long but I think that it does kind of lull here however I think that Seeds brings one of my favorite moments on the album at the end of it Mm -hmm. um the guitar at the end I think was the best part of the song and also just like one of my favorite individual moments of the album as a whole I really enjoyed it I don't know how to describe it with my mouth words (laughs) besides the fact that it was cool um
0: (laughs) yeah we we we, uh, we have gotten a little bit more more knowledgeable in terms of music terminology over the course of this podcast but we still have a long way to go especially for me in terms of electric guitar stuff because I've never played electric guitar and it costs money but no escape no escape
1: that's the next song
0: um so like as C's starts to bring to your attention th- that the album is sort of stagnating, No Escape kind of changes, which I think is good. If it had changed a little bit earlier, I feel like it would have um, felt a lot more diverse. Uh, I really like the, the sort of bare-bones rhythmic sound at the beginning of the song, and for most of the song. I don't have much else to say. There's definitely really emo lyrics.
1: Yeah, this is, I think, the most depressing song so far. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that I wanted to note was that the beginning, the intro to the song. I can, we, we mentioned this earlier. Yeah, we need to talk we about it more though. You cannot tell if it's a, a bass guitar or a, a rhythm guitar or a bass Yeah. Um, actually doing the work here. And in my opinion, I think a deeper, more bassy bass if that makes sense yeah. if it you know whatever would have been very beneficial in the intro of the song mm-hmm. but you know regardless it's still it's still a good song and i would say that this is also one of my favorite ones off the album yeah. Oh, yeah um i i i would say so i just like i think that the lyrics kind of surprised me a bit because you know it's not that they aren't being emotional otherwise but i think this is the most stark uh one yeah for sure you
0: know noticeably start Mm -hmm. um number 10 is drive through and they talk about driving through utah i live there (laughs) um Uh i do like the change in the way the vocal sounds here it it adds a lot of flavor uh it's like more distant and like there's more sliding between notes i feel like um the guitar riffs here are really subtle but um i feel like they do a lot of work for this song uh, in terms of like making it sound different and giving it the sort of timbre that they want. The sound of some of the guitar riffs here are also really different from the rest of the album as well. It adds some more diversity. This is what I was talking about. Like there is creativity and diversity in this album. I just feel like in the middle, it was lacking some of what the rest of the album was really good at. Um, The guitar like almost sounded like synth for a second. I had to rewind it and listen again. I should really familiarize myself with electric guitar effects, but
1: yeah, maybe you should, because I certainly will not. Because <laughs> I know nothing about music, and I don't know why I'm on this podcast. But anyway, um, I don't have anything to say about drive through Okay. We can move on to Cardigan. This is the
0: one I'm most excited to talk about. This one hit me real suddenly. At first, I thought it was the beginning of Cardigan was a, like a coda to drive through um, until I looked at the track list and then I was like oh this is this is a new thing it, it's more of that that transition I'm in love and in, yeah. in love with the effect that the pedal note has here that that one single like droning note that underlies the rest of the of the relatively simple chords but that one note changes the quality of all of the chords to sound a lot more like sad than the rest of the album this is what brought to my attention. The dichotomy between like the catharsis and the and the contemplative experience of some of these songs. Um, this mm-hmm. song really like captured the image of like someone writing in their room when they're feeling like stuff isn't going their way or something, and it's like an it's an emotional crash after the rest of the album. I feel like this one's probably my favorite. I think. I,
1: I, I think that this is a very good example of them bringing everything down. Yeah, I kind of felt like the album was crashing in on itself here, mm-hmm. like it was definitely like you felt it coming to a close. Um, And then when this song goes into cool bands, yes. I think it was another, another kind of instance of me not necessarily fully, I think this is kind of a good thing, because You know, when we listen to albums like this, we try to be a little analytical so we can have stuff to say for the podcast. But when this swept me into cool bands, I like did not have that aspect. I kind of just felt like I was watching something go from one thing to another without necessarily um, being hung up on details, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like it was a very um, smooth, quick thing as I kind of like anticipated the end of the album.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think for sure my favorite idea or part of this album is like the end of cardigan into the beginning of cool bands because the whole album there's this sort of nostalgic like fun energy until like around nine no escape it starts to come down and then there's sort of a valley of of that in cardigan and then like immediately Mm -hmm. after cardigan it just sort of like you said sweeps i feel like is a good word because it doesn't it doesn't punch you it it really kind of gently takes you into like a way more upbeat and energetic sound and most of the album is really upbeat and energetic but I, i feel like Again, putting it next to a low makes it sound more energetic and more interesting. Um, this is yeah. this is a really, I don't know, I just really like the transition from 11 into 12. It, it hits you really hard.
1: And that's the end of the album. Yeah, that's the I end of the really album. I don't really have any end notes that um, we haven't uh, already addressed.
0: Yeah, I, I do. I do want to talk about the bass. Um, we've talked about it a lot. Um, but I do feel like it's it's pretty important.
1: I just wish it was more. Yeah, there was more.
0: yeah. if you're not sorry, familiar, like if you haven't like paid close attention to a lot of bass lines, you might not really notice what's changed. But I, I, there is something there. Um, I feel like a, a more solid, deep, droning bass line would have given these songs, especially in the middle, something more to stand on that would have given the rhythm, especially the drummer, a lot more creative Liberty. Cause I feel like the drummer is doing a lot of the work that the bass is supposed to be doing. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. 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 No, for sure. And like we on this podcast are usually very hung up on bass. Yes. And we don't mean to be like dicks about it, but like, it, you know, we've had, this is not, you know, a jab at live well or anything. We've had like other artists without bass that were able to make up for it. Like Yin know, last, last episode, mm-hmm. uh, you know we praise their ability to make up for it i just feel as though if they have a basis which i do um i think like you know i would love to just see it shine a little bit yeah more. it was underutilized
0: but, i think is, is a way of putting it yeah well with that being the end of my notes we're gonna transition into the interview portion we're gonna interview paul from the band um and you'll hear that now Here with Paul from Live Well uh, to talk about Perfectly Temporary. Paul, introduce yourself.
2: Hi, I'm Paul.
0: <laughs> what, what's your What's your role in the band?
2: I'm sorry. Um, uh, I'm the the lead singer and the the songwriter. I guess. Well, cool, not cool. I guess, but definitely. Uh, I wrote, <laughs> <laughs> that's a mean way to put it. But yeah, I wrote all the songs, and I still do.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, Epic
2: i also play guitar yeah, let's just... i should probably put yeah, that yeah. in there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i also play guitar poorly
1: for your uh, virtual podcast resume <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> so people know
0: yeah we're talking about perfectly temporary this is a this is an older album in terms of what we usually cover um but i did want to ask just sort of like what was your creative process on this album and and like what is the sort of if the album has like a message or a theme uh, what do you think that is
2: cool i really like that question and i appreciate it sometimes mm-hmm. I, people don't ask the right questions not to say they ask the wrong ones but i don't know um so perfectly temporary essentially so i just turned not i just turned but i turned 30 last year and the record came mm-hmm. out when i was 29 turning 30 or right after i turned 30 um but all of those songs all 12 12 of them i think are about times in my 20s. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I really like to look at it as um, it's like it was a way for me, I think, uh, to put my past to bed. Like, I, I never really sought out to put this record out. I never really sought out to be in this band at all, mm-hmm. or at least to start a band. I would just release all these songs solo on Bandcamp, and like that was enough for me. But then meeting uh, Max and our history together as friends, like I was kind of convinced to uh, to do this, and it was, and he chose like out of maybe like fifty songs, which twelve were like the strongest in his opinion, um, that were like yeah. the most honest or whatever. Okay. He had his own thing, but yeah,
1: that's all really interesting too because like we did pick up on the nostalgia factor. And just like have that confirmed is really cool. Um, and like one thing I noticed is like you said that this is all like kind of written from your twenties perspective. Um, and in drunk, you like say like you're you're 21 and, and emo punk. And this is my segue into asking, who are your favorite uh, your favorite emo punk artists?
2: Emo punk, oh man, I don't I don't even know what's in that genre. Um, I just said that because it rhymed. <laughs> I'm no, I'm kidding. I but like, I I remember when I was writing that song in particular, um, before like or while Max and I were fleshing it out because I I essentially write all these songs. It's kind of sound like word vomit at first, and then he hears them and he's like, "Oh, we could make this sound really, really fucking good." But the band I was listening to a lot when I wrote that song was Pup.
0: Oh, oh actually, yeah, yeah. Pup does
2: this really cool thing where all their choruses are like. They hit like duh du duh. and it's like, oh yeah, let's all shout those moments with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was like a big influence for that song. For a lot of our other songs, um, I think like during that time I was listening to Joyce Manor a lot. And and the front bottoms, uh and the front bottoms were like real real weird to me when I first started listening to them. I was like, This is yeah. just a lot of a lot of junk you guys are saying. <laughs> like just a lot of junk. <laughs> And not, I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> I don't know. No, if trust me, we wrong.
0: understand. You totally can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But uh, but I was like, wow, that's a lot of junk. And um, and I was like, and what you're playing on guitar is not that complicated. Mm-hmm. And I had this thing stuck in my head when I first started playing guitar that like it had to be super complicated.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah,
2: yeah. like that kind of helped me get through that just that thought but like i really like choice manner because their songs were really short and i used to write like these fucking like oh can i curse is that cool yeah 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 oh yeah it's fine okay i used to write these fucking like seven minute songs and it would like took five minutes to get to the good part and the last two minutes were the good part in my opinion but i i don't know maybe i was just like stroking my own artistic ego or something <laughs> like no it needs all this build up for some reason no yeah like, but then it does but it doesn't you know
1: yeah that's like really cool about <laughs> joyce Manor and your songs that we kind of we kind of touched on it a little bit um something that's really cool about short songs in general and this is something that with joyce Manor i do a lot it just makes it easier to listen to them more than once so like yeah i can like listen to catalina yeah. fight song six times in a row without getting bored of it and and then like go on with my day
2: yeah yeah i feel the same way
1: i think short songs are actually like an asset because like the more you can pull off in like a short amount of time like it's kind of more impressive to me you don't need it to be like six minutes you know so
0: yeah amber is actually just subtweeting me since i listen to jazz i
1: hate (laughs) (laughs) i can't
2: (laughs) You hate jazz? How do you no, hate jazz? No, I don't, jazz? I don't jazz hate is pretty jazz.
1: Cool. I just can't listen she to it. She just hates long songs. I hate long songs. Oh, I, if it's yeah. over five minutes, low-key, I don't want to hear it. There's only, like, songs <laughs> that I can think of that are over five minutes long that I actually enjoy listening to. Uh,
2: I, I agree. I feel like if you hit six minutes, you're pushing it, bud. Yeah, no,
1: pushing.
0: <laughs> i keep my mouth shut no i
2: i only say that because in my experience my hometown where i'm from where i am right now the big thing in all the bars and our music scene is jam bands and i've been Mm -hmm. to so many shows by accident where i was like is this song over yet like i gotta get out of here but i don't want to be rude i don't want them to see me leaving in middle of their like like for like hours like i gotta leave man I sound. you like know a...
0: that's actually perfectly valid no every time i go to like any jazz performances and i'm like yeah i've had enough there's never a good time to exit <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then you're there till like one in the morning and you're like yeah, get that.
0: yeah. changing gears a little bit uh it is very rare for me to hear my home state mentioned in a song, but in "Drive Through," you talk about Utah, and I just wanted oh, to yeah. ask what what you were doing up here.
2: Oh, what I was doing? Okay, so yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Um, that's not something I ever thought anyone would tell me about that <laughs> I song.
0: Love, I just like Utah. And uh, I, I like hearing it in pop culture. Yeah,
2: it's beautiful. Um, so before I'm gonna tell a real long story. Uh, Before this band started, uh, Max, who plays lead guitar and helps uh, flesh out the songs, um, Mm -hmm. who I was talking about before, uh, and I told you before we started recording, I used to have this podcast, but um, the the whole theme of that podcast was like, I'm going to see all the people I'm friends with on Facebook that I don't talk to, shoot them a message and be like, hey, do you want to talk on the phone for about... An hour, an hour. That's and a actually half.
0: really interesting. Yeah,
2: um, it's called "Dear Stranger and Friend." If you guys want to listen to it, I'm not plugging it in any way because I don't update it anymore. Um, and it was it really helped me get over just like talking to people and social anxiety. But when he was on it, because I had only met him one time at a show um, about eight years ago now. He, like, really fell in love with the idea. Yeah, he was like, let's go on this cross-country road trip, and you can record episodes along the way and actually meet these people in person, spend a day with them. I think it would be really cool. And at the time, I was, like, really scared of leaving the house. Um, but I felt like this is something that I needed to do for myself. I was, like, 25 or 26 at the time. But I eventually went and did it. And we stayed in Vegas with a good friend of mine that I had known. She was an old roommate of mine. And, uh we, we connected and then we had to leave in a couple of days. And I kind of was, and I was literally driving through Utah, having all of these, like in, in this miniature modded school bus that Max has, um, that we take on tour now. Also, I was literally having those thoughts. And, um, I remember one night I was talking to her and I was like, I was like, I think like what we have is like really good, but I'm not sure. Cause this is very weird. Like me just rolling in through town and like, What she had told me was, uh, listen, like, I don't mean this in any bad way, but what we have right now, these past two days with you has, they're Mm -hmm. perfectly temporary. Like, I know this is going to end. I know that we'll continue to be friends after this. Um, but right now I feel like we should not worry about how we're going to continue and just like stay in the moment. And And those were like, yeah, there's the name of the album and like, that's, like, the whole chorus of that song is, like, kind of a con- from the conversation uh, that we had. And, like, further on that, like, just to, I kind of, like, I love, I grew up listening to emo music and, like, Save the Day and all that stuff. But, like, yeah. sometimes when these dudes write about, like, past relationships, it's so gross. Totally. And awful and, like, kind of the worst. And, like, so I made a really big effort in writing this song where it's just, like, yeah, sure, I'm, like, upset that... Where we're, yeah, we're sure. not together, or, or like at the time, I was like, "Man, we're not together," and it's kind of upsetting. But like, we got to have something really special, and that's what's important.
1: And that's like a beautiful sentiment. Like that's really, really mm-hmm. cool. Um, <laughs> and like that, that whole idea of like going on a road trip and just seeing what happens, yeah. just every everything that you've talked about is just such a cool, interesting like life story. And I think that that's like fucking insane and awesome that you have that. I know that, I know it's like a bummer that like I saw that your tour got canceled, but I figured yeah. like it, while we're on memory lane, like what's, what are some of your, your favorite or like cool places or shows that you've played or like any cool story? I
2: think, I think like I learned this or about myself. I think. We weren't necessarily on tour, but every weekend in December we were going out. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was like we would leave on like a Thursday and then come back Monday and then, which really means I would sleep for two days and then have to leave again because it's like tiring. Um, But I learned on those string of shows or that whole month that the coolest thing, uh, the thing that I enjoy the most is like seeing what the venue looks like. I don't necessarily care about how many people are there because sometimes it's not a lot or sometimes it's a bunch of people. So, like, there was this one place we played, I think in Maine, and I walked inside and I was like, oh my God, this place is so fucking cool. And I was just, like, so hyped on how cool everything looked that I couldn't even, like, get past, like, anything, like, like setting up. Like, I forgot how to set up my guitar and <laughs> the amp. I was just like, this place is awesome. I can't believe... I can't believe, like, they're letting us play here. Um, I think one of the coolest experiences I had in um, making, uh, we made friends with this band from Atlanta, Georgia, called Azello. Um, and they're, they describe themselves as like a queer core folk punk. And, uh, but they're really just a fucking good band. And Every time <laughs> I see them, I cry. Every time I see them and hear certain songs, they just like get to me and I cry really hard. But I think the, best memory or the best thing out of touring was just becoming friends with them I was talking to them um recently through like Instagram DM and uh we we played with them before our tour got canceled in Atlanta and uh it was just like it feels like we've known each other our whole lives just like how we've clicked and um I think that's that's the that's the coolest thing from tour that has ever happened to me
1: I love
2: that. Yeah, that would that would be the coolest. I really like them. Like one, the the lead singer, uh, their name is Joffrey. Um, I do this thing. I started doing this thing where I play shirtless. Um, <laughs> I did see yeah, some pictures. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's it like started out as like a joke because we played one show in Brooklyn and it was super hot in this basement, and I was like, I thought heat rises, but I guess not. And um, I was like, I'm just going to take my shirt off because it's way too hot. Mm -hmm. And then I just started doing it from then on because I thought it was like really, really funny. Um, But also it helped me. I have like a lot of body image issues. I don't think I look the way I should and Mm -hmm. all of that type of shit. So I just like leaned into it really hard to the point where I pretend I'm a professional wrestler and call myself a mad dog. (laughs) Um, So like... And people like seem to like it, or think it's you know just as funny as I do, which is good because I'm afraid people will think like I'm dead serious that I'm like yeah I'm the mad dog, the mad dog's here. Like I'm not <laughs> that guy. But um, I remember I bought an Ozello shirt in Atlanta when we played most recently before the tour tour got canceled, and I was so happy that I bought a merch of theirs because I always wanted to since we played with them. And I was like setting up, and I was playing with a shirt on, and Joffrey comes up to me and he's like. Hey, man, are you going to pop that shirt off? Because <laughs> I, what? He's like, what's going on? And I was like, I'm wearing, I'm wearing your guys' shirt. Like, I thought it would be cool, you know, like, show respect. Like, I love you guys. And then he just, like, shook his head and was like, nah. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta
1: go full mad dog mode or else. <laughs> yeah.
2: huh? He was like, come on. And I was like, all right. And I took I I took my shirt off and instead I like laid it on the monitor so like people could see like cool. on the monitor in front of me yeah I do wear clothes all the time though it's <laughs> That's not like, good. that I'm is good not to like, know. Yeah. yeah it's good to hear
0: yeah. Um, yeah well thank you so much for coming on it's been great talking to you um do you want to talk about your newest singles or your your music video at all
2: oh yeah sure um we I guess that was. Jesus Christ. This year feels like it was so long already. Right? Oh, uh, it was no. February
0: yeah. 14th or something. I, I don't remember yeah, exactly. it, was on, it was around
2: there. Yeah, it was on Valentine's Day. I okay. almost said it came out like a couple months, like three months ago. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Not even one. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, we. we I, I, I almost one. But it feels like it's been like 17. Yeah. It feels like it's been super long. Those are songs we were playing live, I think, um, for a while. And we just like wanted to put something out because we were planning on putting we were planning on putting out like a seven song e p but we were like, we know these two songs so good like so well. we might as well just record them, but I feel like they're two love songs, so we put them out on Valentine's Day, but like the music video I remember when we recorded the song, and then I remember talking to Max about it over the phone. And he was like, "All right, cool. Like, who would you want? Like, uh, or like, what couple do you know of? Like, do you and your partner want to do it?" And I was just like, "No, I think like it would be really cool if um, if we had a a a male gay couple do it." And the way that I ended up being uh, one of the people acting in it was uh, like, I guess I thought I was overconfident. I was like, "Yeah, I could do it. I'll be fine." But it was like the most nerve wracking experience of my life. I was like, Mm -hmm. "I have to act." I can pretend to sing in a music video like I'd rather not be but then like it got it got way out of hand so it was too far out of my control to not do it anymore but um mm-hmm. our friend who acted alongside me Richard I thought it was really cool that he he said yes to the whole thing because um I don't think I've ever seen in a music video at least um like To gay men of color in a in kind of a love loving relationship or in in this kind like portraying this kind of love story so just through like that and representation for myself it was like really important for me
0: yeah and i'm certain a lot of other people are really appreciative of that representation yeah
2: i was actually really surprised after the tour got canceled and all of the um support online of people like messaging me personally or the band personally saying like wow this video is like what I needed when I was like 15 years old, we've made it or like, we've done this or we've done that. And people talking to me personally about how much it means to them that like made all my fears go away and it felt really, really good. That's probably one of my favorite videos uh, so far that we've, we've, we've gotten to do.
0: Yeah. It's really good. Just as we're, just as we're wrapping up, uh, where can people find your stuff like to buy and support you in this time? And (laughs) also just in general.
2: Oh, geez. Um, so we don't have, we don't have an online store. Um, Mostly because I would be the one to have to set it up, yeah. And I'm. But your shit is on
1: (laughs) Spotify
2: and. Yeah, we're on Spotify and Bandcamp. I just put. um, So this is really embarrassing. I didn't realize we didn't put our record up. uh, Like we just left it on pre-order, so now it's like up. And for everybody who pre-ordered it, it's like it should be in your inboxes now. Like three months later, I'm so sorry, or like (laughs) so many months later, (laughs) sorry. Uh, it's, cool, uh, it's cool. But I just put up uh, Winter John up there, and I put everything up like for free, or pay as you pay as much as you want.
0: Yeah, that brings us to the end of the uh, interview portion. Thank you so much, Paul, for coming on. It was great to
2: have you. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: This has been another episode of Less Than Popular. You can find us on Twitter at LTPpod uh, or email us at lessthanpopularpodcast at gmail.com. Hope y'all are staying safe and healthy and support local bands and and people who've lost their jobs if you can. Uh, I'm Cooper. I'm Amber. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Goodbye.